0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi abram Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, this is Fundamentals of the Talmud. And as I said, relevance is really insignificant. Uh, really, you want to be, get skills in, in, in the Talmud. However, as I said before, when you feel a relevance, you feel drawn to it. And uh, I think that as we are here uh, ending Pesach, and we've got 38 days till Shavuot. So, maybe our brains, uh, are more centered on the next Yantiv, and hopefully it'll be a, a, one that'll be quite happy. Um especially the Yantiv of Shavuot is the one where the Torah writes there is Simcha on Shavuot. Pesach, it doesn't say that there's actual Simcha, though we, we know that's true. So, zeroing in on Shavuot, uh, we can start thinking about, uh, a Mesechta, and passages from a Masechta that deal with, not necessarily shvuot, but actually deal with the topic of Yom Tif in general. Not about Pesach, but about Yom Tif, about the laws of Yom Tif. And As you can see, on the top of the page here, we have the title of the chapter, which is Yom Tov, Beric Tov. And it's part of the Masechta that's called Beitza, which means egg. Now, the reason why it's called Beitza The truth is that's probably not the name of the Masechta. Uh, It became the name of the Masechta, (laughs) became the name of it. The name of the Masechta was really essentially Masechta's Yom Tov, just like there's Masechta's Psechim, Masechta's Shabbos. This was Masechta, the laws of Yom Tov, about what you can do on Yom Tov, what you can't do, and it's not so clear about where the line of Ochel Nefesh begins and stops, what things you're able to do for the sake of cooking and stuff like that. However, because the first Perik, the first chapter, starts with a a discussion about an egg that is laid on Yontif uh, in a farm area, which was very common, uh, and what you do with that egg. So the whole Mesechta became known as Mesechta's Beitza or Mesechta's Beya uh, in some places because the word Beitza was a little too graphic (laughs) because it's sort of like... um, implied uh, testicles. So because of that, they called it beya. But anyway, but this is Masechtas Beitzah or beya. And the second peric is where we're starting. The second peric, as you can see, the big two words here, yomtof, and that's the name of this peric, the Yom yomtof, the second peric of Masechtas Beitzah. So let's get started with the Mishnah. As we can see on line one, I was telling the, one of our participants before, the main thing to do here, I believe, is whenever you, you know, when you get your page, when you get your material, uh, you know, take a pencil and line the 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 Gemara. Oh, it's line one all the way down. I'm not sure how many lines there is in this one, maybe about 45 or something like that. So uh, that's what you want to do. You want to line it and you want to zero in on it. So here we go. We're, gonna, we're in the Mishnah. We'll see how far we get into the Gemara today. But here we go. We'll start with the Mishnah. So, Yom Tov Shechal Liot. Erev Shabbat. <laughs> We've got Sephardi people, people who, who do our Sephardi today, so we're going to do it that way. Yom Tov Shechal Liot Erev Shabbat. Or Yom Tov Shechal Liot Erev Shabbos. So what does that mean? So Yom Tov, of course, is the holiday. Shuwa Sukkot or Pesach. Even Rosh Hashanah as well. Shechal liyot, that happens to fall on. Chal is to fall, so it occurs. Liot, when Erev Shabbat, Erev Shabbos, which is of course this year. This year, the first day of Shavuot is this Friday. It's a abomin- It's actually a perfect Mishnah for what we're talking about. Oh, I've got a chat. Hang on. Let's see what that is. Um, I'm bilingual. Okay. All right. um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the, the truth is, is that the site, the podcast site that we have, that we upload this. Again, we just have to make a decision. It's going to be Ashkenazi or Is it going to be Ashkenazis. So, I, I everything on the site is is written out in Ashkenazis. So that's sort of the reason you have to have a default mode. You know, just the Torah really is much as Kathy points out. The Torah is much bigger than 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 how you pronounce things. But here we go. Yom Tov Shabbos Lo Yivashel Okay, so it's Arab Shabbos. Okay, a Friday yontif, just like this year. Well, in the time of Chazal, without refrigerators, there was a big problem, which was, what are you going to eat on Shabbos? On a normal Friday, which wasn't yontif, you use all Friday to cook for Shabbos. Everything is cooked to the last minute, and some of the stuff gets on the oven, some doesn't. Whatever you can do, some is cold, some is warm. However, uh when, when you're talking about uh, in a situation in, uh, where Yom Tif intercedes, what are you going to have for Shabbos? It's a problem. So what are you going to do? So the Mishnah is saying, lo yivashel bitchila. You can't just say, well, I can cook on Yom Tif. Let me just cook on Yom Tif for the sake of Shabbos. Lo yivashel. Don't boil, which is another way of just saying don't cook. Lo yivashel bitchila We'll talk about Betchiwa in a minute. We're going to do the Rashi to help us with that. But Bitchhiwa, of course, means from the beginning, on the second line here, miyomtev u'Shabbat, or miyomtev u'Shabbos. Don't say, well, I'll just cook on yomtev for the sake of shabbos, for the sake of Shabbos. I'll just cook on yomtev, and that'll be my Shabbos cooking. Can't do that. Now, let's think why you can't for a second before, you know, let's think about it. We know you can cook on yomtev for the sake of Ochel Nefesh, things that you obviously to eat, you can do all melochas that allow you to have a better meal. And we're going to see, and we'll talk about it if we get to it. In the time of Khazal they actually slaughtered animals on Yontif and prepared them from the beginning, from A to Z. So Ochel Nefesh is almost a complete gamut of things that you're able to do to get the most the delicate the meal with the most delicacies you can get you can bake from the beginning you can actually you know, again how far back can you start grinding flour and stuff like that possibly but the point is there's a whole slew of things you're allowed to do however it's limited to the fact it would seem to your only yumtip itself right you can't decide, well, I have the day off and I'm going to cook, let's say, it's uh, the last day of Pesach. And, okay, you know what? I got a, a, a big spring and summer. I'm just going to cook and and, and, and and jar things for the next couple of weeks. No, that you can't do and and put it in the freezer. You can cook for the sake of Yom tif, but you can't cook for the sake when it's not Yom tif, right? You're allowed, so here the question would be, well, I'm not cooking for Tov. that's true, I'm not cooking for today, I'm cooking for tomorrow, which is Shabbos or Shabbat. So, hmm, does, does, it, does it become like one entity? Is it sort of like, now, now, especially this year, for people in Chutzler, it's, 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 it's definitely something a person could ask, well, tomorrow's Shavuos too, right? So I'm really cooking for Shavuos, because Shavuos is a two-day Tov here in Chutzler, so I'm cooking on Friday for tomorrow. But tomorrow's, isn't it like I'm cooking for today? So one could actually make that argument. Even if, even if you were, especially in the arts, but even in Eretz Israel, where the Shabbat that follows Shuot is not Yom tif, one could have thought, hmm, it's all basically sort of like a Yom tif, isn't it? Right? So maybe I can cook today on Friday, and, and this will, this will be for the sake of the Shabbos meal. So the Mishnah is telling you, you can't do that. That you're not allowed to do. And again, there's a discussion, and, and, and I guess the simple reason would be is because Shabbos isn't Yantiv. And, and and if you were thinking about the question I was asking before about here in Chutzloritz, we treat, and again, this is sort of the trick about the second day of Yontiv, we treat the second day of Yontiv as if it's the first day of Yantiv. <laughs> so therefore, but we only treat it that way when we're doing it. But when we're on the first day of Yantif, we say, this is the first, this is all Yantif is. So cooking for the second day is almost like cooking for a weekday. So you cannot cook. The answer, the short answer is, you can't say, I'm going to cook uh, on the first day of Yantif for the second day. Because when you're in the first day, you sort of live like this is the only day of Yantif. And therefore, Having in mind tomorrow, is like having in mind a weekday. The question is here, you're actually having in mind on Shabbos. Even though it's Shabbos, it's not a weekday, you're still not allowed to do that. So what is a poor person to do? Especially in the time of the mission, as I said. Where's my food? I can't just take stuff out. There, there isn't packaged stuff. There isn't stuff that's readily available. There are no refrigerators. So what am I supposed to do? Well, the mission is going to give us uh, uh, an answer, the third line. Avol, this is what you can do. Don't worry. Mivashel hulyomtov. Cook, boil, create your yomtov meal. Ve'im hotir or imhosir, hosir, imhotir hotir, Im hosir. hosir. Hmm. In other words, cook for yomtov, hosir like the word yetir, like more, if which means there's more than you need. If there's more than you need, if there's more therefore that wasn't eaten, so that can be left for Shabbos. So this is really, uh, you need to fine tune what the Mishnah means here. You're cooking for Tov, Yes, I'm cooking for Tov. Hey, do you need all of that? Um, (laughs) But you know what? I'm cooking basically for Yontif. This is not for Shabbos. We're going to eat this. We're going to be eating this. Uh, Leftovers for Shabbos. So in other words, you can basically, even without what the mission is going to talk about, you can get around this. Cook a lot for Yontif. Imagine that you have big appetite people around. And therefore, cook a little more than you usually do. But it's for Yontif, because this is going to be your Yontif meal. And even though you know you will probably have leftovers, that's going to be okay, and you can eat leftovers on Shabbos. That's the first statement of the Mishnah. Um, okay, so right now, if we take a look at, at the Rashi, let's take a look at the Rashi on the top. So, as we always say, Rashi, uh, as we've said before in this fundamentals class, that Rashi will always be. Now, of course, this is a print. This is a printout page, but if if you would actually have a physical Gemara you would see, let's see if we have a, you have a physical Gemara, you would actually, this would be the center of the Gemara. Remember, Rashi's always towards the center of the page, always towards the heart of the Gemara. Okay, so here's Rashi on, on, on the left side of the page here. Let's take a look. Lo Yavashel betchila. Rashi's problem is this word, betchila. <inaudible> what do you mean? Don't cook. Tchila <inaudible> means beginning. Right? We talked about the word Likatechila, means the way you're supposed to do it in the best way. Bitchila in the beginning of something. Okay, also from the word Chal, which is also, it happens. You see, it's also the same Shoresh. So what does bitchila mean? So Rashi says, let's take a look at the Rashi, the top line. L'yos bishulo v'ikaro l'shem Shabbat or l'shem Shabbos. Lashem Shabbos, don't let the beginning of your cooking, and then Rashi emphasizes it, the ikaro and the essence of your cooking, be shame for the sake of Shabbos. Again, I, 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 even though you realize Shabbos is going to get the leftovers, the main cooking it can't be. Oh, this is a Shabbos meal. Ella shame yom tov yitchivas bishulo. So in other words, it's possible. You what you could do is, is say, oh, I'll eat a little bit of this for yontif. In other words, I'll I'll cook a huge steak, uh, steak and potatoes, and we'll we'll eat a little bit of it on yontif. And realizing that that seventy eight percent of it is going to be left for Shabbos, that you can't do. You got to be honest. Yeah, this is really my yontif meal. I'm cooking more than I need, probably, because I know there's going to be leftovers. That's okay. Hamishuyar, the leftovers that you know in the beginning is going to be there. Yiu Shabbat. that you're allowed to do, and that's what it means. Don't. And this is a very subtle thing because it's you, you need to be honest with yourself. Yes, this is my yantav meal. Yeah, I know I cooked more than necessary. The leftovers are going to be for Shabbos. Kidiktani as, now, Kidiktani as it's taught, as the Mishnah teaches, Kidiktani as the Mishnah teaches, the Ozil is Aramaic, for, and again, part of the, the problem that people have often in reading Rashi's and reading Rishonim, is that just like the Gemara, they speak a polyglot language of Hebrew and Aramaic together. It's Rabbinic Hebrew. And rabbinic Hebrew is going to have, just like Yiddish is going to have Hebrew terms in it and other things. Rashi's language, the, the language of the Rishonim, will always have a mix of Aramaic and Hebrew. So you can't expect this to be like Steinsaltz or one of the other uh, uh, commentaries that are written either in, in pure English or pure Hebrew. It's going to be a mix, and that's this Rashi is an example of it. Okay, va'mishu you with l- l- Shabbat kidiktani, as it is taught, vaozil, of course this is Aramaic, as we go on in the Mishnah. And this is Rashi quoting the Mishnah on the second line, avol m'vashil huli That's this line right over here. That's what it means. You're cooking for yamtev. Even though you know you cooked more than you needed. Here's Rashi's key phrase, which again complicates things. The next two words. Below Harama. Hmm. Below Harama. Without Harama. Now, I know most of the people here in the class, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure who uh, our, our, our fourth uh, person here is, but uh, two of the people here I know, and one of them especially, but I'm not going to put her on the spot. But I know she knows what this word Harama means, right? Because the very it shows up in the Torah very early. V'ha'nahash chaya arum. When it talks about the the snake in 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 Gan Eden, it says the nochash was orum miko chayos right? And that means smart, but also tricky. So harama, right? Again, it's strange because the other word that this sounds like is the word orum which means nude, right, without any clothes. So it's interesting that one is sort of like, you know, sneaky, like I don't know what you're about. And the other one is like I can see everything about you. It's funny that that word sort of almost has opposite meanings in it. But harama means, that shorish means, uh, in this sense, devious or sneaky or you're doing one thing, but you're really trying to get to something else. Below Harama, it isn't a Harama. That's what he's saying. It's not like you really, there's no way you're going to eat it. In other words, you're not allowed to say, hey, uh, I I may be expecting my my son's friends and and, and the whole basketball team over. uh, Let's cook a tremendous amount. That you can't do. That's a Harama because clearly that's not going to happen. So it's got to be within reason. Then you're allowed to do that. Below HaRoma, Kidiktani Rashi finishes off LeKamon, as is taught or usually Kidiktani is in some Mishnaic or uh, Brisa source. When you see the word Tani, as we know, the word Tani goes together with the tough and the Shin are interchangeable. So basically what we're talking about is Kidishani, as it's said in some Mishnah Or some brisa, and of course, this is another key word which you should underline. Likamon, and likamon means further on. Likamon, further on, and we're going to see where. Now, if you notice in this edition that I have here on the screen, do you see this little vav here? It's a little vav in Rashi script. So where does that go to? So if you're looking at the page, you can see that it actually does go right here, in the Missouris Hashas. Now again, this was put together, and there's better versions of this as you know, editions of the Talmud were printed. Basically, this is a help that when Rashi uh, references something, or sometimes the Talmud references something, uh, something that we find in another place, you'll be able to find where that place is. So when I see the word Likamon, where is it later? I don't know, I only know this page. Where is it that, what's Rashi referring to? Don't be a a, a devious cheater uh, with your cooking. What is that referring to? So that, as we can see here, that vav goes right here, the little vav. So telling me that's going to be on Daf Yud Zion Bet. It's going to be in about two pages from now. So that's where it's going to show up. But I'm telling you what I think it means without looking that up. Okay. So now that we know what the Mishnah told us, we know that this isn't going to work for everybody, right? <laughs> this, is, this could work, but let's say you've really planned a huge Shabbos meal. Leftovers ain't going to make it. You need to, you cannot just use leftovers from your steak and potatoes. You need to have filet mignon, a trillant, whatever it is for them. So here comes the etza, the famous one that you're all waiting for. I'm sorry, that's not the etza. So here it is. I made a mistake. Fourth line. There is a way out of this. You can make, bake, make sure that it's there. Some sort of cooked item on Erev in this case, will would be Thursday afternoon. On Thursday afternoon, make sure that what you have is some sort of cooked or baked item. Maybe you baked it on Thursday. You, you, you prepared it on Thursday. And that can be your uh, savior. V'somech love. So mech, of course, just like when it talks about smicha in the Torah by korbanos, it's putting your hands on it, leaning on it, being uh, uh, putting, letting it support you, which is sort of what happens when you put your hands on the animal. So mech a love, you can actually let that thing that you cooked be the thing that you that supports you and allows you to do something incredible. Which is to cook completely for Shabbos with Shabbos, meaning the way it's going to work is, as Rashi says, if you take a look. So mechalov, the Rashi of the third line, levashel bishvilo. You can actually now you don't have to think, oh, this is for Sh- this is for yontif. What you can do is to say this is a Shabbos cooking, but the way it works is that. It's the extension that you really started your Shabbos cooking on Thursday. You started your you started your Shabbos cooking on Thursday afternoon, and this is the end of the cooking. So you 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 make one kugel, you make one something. We'll see how much you have to make, and now you can continue to cook the grandest meal that you like for the sake of Shabbos. So this is an incredible rabbi, uh, rabbinic trick. Again, look at the two options that we had before. The first one was just cook a little bit more on Yantif and, uh, and the leftovers will be Shabbos. But, there's, but the Chazal are offering you another possibility, a possibility that allows you to cook a complete total meal as long as you took care of something on, on Thursday afternoon. And that was this Tav and that is what we call Eruv Tavshilin. And that's really, again, the subject that you probably knew that we were talking about. Remember to make the Eruv. This is what we're talking about. Why it's called Eruv Tavshilin, we'll, we'll explain a little bit later. But that is what people know as the Eruv Tavshilin. This is what it's called. And why and that's why it's called the Tavshil, because it's something that you started to cook. Now, why don't we call it Eruv Tavshil? You'll see in a minute. Because what you really need is the school of Shammai taught about this obviously very ancient law, because it clearly was a well-known thing by the time of the schools of Shammai were talking about it. And they said, in order for this baby to work, in order for this trick to work, it's got to be shnei tavshilin. It can't just be one thing. It can't be an egg. It can't be a piece of fish. It's got to be two cooked items. Two cooked items is already the start of a mountainous meal. In other words, give me the germination of a meal. Give me at least two things. That's what Beit Shammai says. Beit Hillel, as usual, are more lenient. There are places, of course, in Shas where Shammai, it's not too many, where Shammai is the lenient one, Generally, Shammai, Beit shamai is more machmir, is more uh, strict. Hillel is more mekel. That's what you have in this mission as well. Beit Hillel Omrim, you don't need two. You can actually have tavshel echad. One thing is good enough. So all you need is one thing to be cooked. Maybe even one loaf of bread, one piece of fish, um, One plate of pasta, bocce. So that's all you basically need. Yeah, yeah, that's it. One tapshil is enough. Now, so according to Hillel, which should be called a rev tapshil, <laughs> not a roof tapshilin. But again, a right? rev tapshil. Shammai is the one who says there should be two tapshilin. There should be two cooked things. <laughs> um. Pachi asks a question whether one noodle is good enough. Um, Yeah, what is the shear? That's a good question. Uh, If you cook just one noodle, is there a minimum shear? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. Uh, It seems to me that, you know, again, that's a good question, how small it is. We're going to see in a minute. right? Sounds like you might need to start out uh, a, a certain size. We'll see if that's true or not. Okay. Next word in the Mishnah is a very important one. It's a word that we need more of in today's time. Vishavin. <laughs> Shavin. shave means equal, uh, smooth and straight, literally. Like something is shava. Shoveh, you might hear me say it. Shava means it's equal or straight in the same amount. Shavin means that in this case, Shamai and Hillel will agree which means that um, there is a common ground for them. Where is that? Bidog, if you have a bidog, a fish, ubeitza she'alav, and an egg, remember the name of the masech, according to many people, so here's the egg mentioned again. Ooh, that's a joke. Ubeitza she'alav, the egg Sha'alov, that is on it, on him, meaning on the fish. Okay, well, if you have a cooked egg on a fish, that's two things that are cooked. So Rashi explains, let's take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, the second line, ubeitza love. show you takhin beitza al hadag, Rashi says. Now, Tachin means that they would actually smooth it. That's what latiach means to crush, not crush, but to push something and smooth it in a liquid fashion almost. So what we're talking about, of course, is an egg that it could be raw, but what you do is you get the liquid out of the egg. Right, you get the yolk or the uh, right of the egg, or whatever. You crack the egg, and then you crack the egg, extracting its liquid, and you and and you uh, mar- not marinate, but you actually uh, put it onto the fish. When do you do that? When you roast it, when you want to roast solin is roasting. When you want to roast uh, something, you need some liquid, otherwise the thing might burn. Right. Put something in a pot without any oil, so the metal can only uh, do so much in mediating the flame. You you take you run the risk of burning it. That's why you put oil. But what they used to do when they used to roast the fish, they didn't even use oil. They would just marinate, I guess, the the fish with egg. So egg would be the liquid, and then you'd have the egg and the fish together. So the question is, is that called one or two? So the Mishnah is telling us the school of Shammai said we'll count that as two. <laughs> so if you want so in other words that would be a place where Shammai and Hillel would make common ground. On one hand you might say hey that's not really an egg that's just like the salt and pepper for the fish. If you put it, if you take a fish you put salt and pepper on it that's not two Tavshilin. but when you use for your marinating uh medium what you're using is in itself a food that you've crushed to sort of like use it for its taste and its marinating abilities, that's considered in Shammai's mind a second item that you've cooked. Because you can't deny this just ain't a fish. This just isn't fish. This is fish and egg. Therefore, that would count. And that would be a place where Shamai and Hill had common ground. Let's read it again inside. read it again inside. V'shovin bidog That a fish and the egg, and Rashi explained how the egg is on it. The egg is not just on top of it. The egg is actually completely surrounding it in the pan and being cooked. Shehain, that they are shne tavshilin. That they are actually two tavshilin. So here's where Shammai would agree. And again, even though, and one one could really ask here, uh, what do we care? Don't we always assume halacha is like Beit Hillel? I, in other words, <laughs> okay, this seems to be very academic. Um, that's a good question. I don't have a great answer right now. Why the Mishnah needs to tell us where Hillel and where Shammai would agree to Hillel? I don't really have a good answer on that. What I would shoot from the hip and say. It's possible that this Mishnah was put together with these words before there was uh, an assumption we always follow Hillel. This that we always follow Hillel happened a little bit later in the development of Mishnayot. Right now, we'd say, of course, we always follow Hillel. But Mishnayot are, are, are actually parts of our material that stem from sometimes a very earlier stage, and, and, and therefore, this might be a remnant of that stage where Shammai was actually considered a, a, a viable halachic option. And there were many people who followed Shammai and wanted to follow Shammai, and they thought that was the way to go. So it was important for them to hear hey, this would be a place where Shammai would agree. So if you don't have the time to actually cook the egg, all you got to do is crack it and, 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 and marinate your fish. And that will be enough. All right, let's try to uh, uh, let's try to uh, finish off the Mishnah. The Mishnah now goes into a case of a problem case. Achlo, oh, okay, it was eaten. What's the subject? What was eaten? The fish, the egg? What are you talking about? What was eaten? <laughs> so the the subject, of course, is the of. The Eir of If the Eir of Tavshilin got, got, got eaten, that could happen, right? We always wrap it in aluminum foil and it sits there in the refrigerator for a couple of weeks, right? And we say, what's this? Oh, oh this was the of from last year, right? Okay? But that's not the way we didn't have refrigerators then. So here you have this tasty fish there that's sitting there, and someone comes and eats it. Oh, Shavad. Or... What happened to it? Did Dolly get hold of it? Something happened, right? Did Dolly climb on the table and somehow snap up the fish? Did that happen, right? Is it? Uh, it's gone. Where is it? So, uh-oh. Now, what am I supposed to do? I set it up on Thursday afternoon. Yeah, hi. I set it up on Thursday, but now where is it? Where is this guy? Where? Where's the Arev? So it's too bad. If it's gone. You can't say, well, I set it up on Thursday. I want to make my filet mignon huge Shabbos meal. You can't do it. So you got to protect it someplace. In other words, make sure it doesn't get eaten. In fact, Rashi emphasizes what this means. If you take a look, Rashi emphasizes what this means. Rashi says, what it means is, Look at the Rashi. Here, before you've boiled or cooked, call Shabbat, call everything that you needed to do on the Shabbos. Meaning, even if you started, so again, he wants to have filet mignon and cholent. And, okay, and I know that doesn't mix so well, but he wants to have a huge Shabbos meal. And he put his, you know, he had his egg and he had his fish with the egg marinated. And it was sitting there somewhere. And then he is, and here he is cooking more and more, cooking like crazy. And then, but he's not finished. All of a sudden he turns around, uh, he or she turns around, uh uh-oh, where's the fish? Where's the fish that's supposed to represent what I can cook on? It's gone? You have to stop cooking. You can't continue. You can't say, well, I set it up. It's got to be there the whole time that you're cooking anything for Shabbos. you got to make sure that it's extant, E-X-T-A-N-T. you got to make sure that it's extant the whole time. That's what it says. That's what Rashi told us. Even if you've started cooking, it's not good enough. You have to complete your cooking while this baby is still around. Achlo O'Sha'ovad, if it got eaten, or you just can't find it. If, if it got eaten, you know it's not there. But even if it's Ovad, and Ovad, of course, like, if you know from the term, right? I don't know where it is. The ones that we don't know where they are, the 10 tribes, the Jews that have assimilated to the point of, we don't know where they are. The Ovad, they're going to come back. Meaning, I don't know where that fish is. It's somewhere in the house. I don't know where it is. If you don't know where it is, it's lost somewhere. You don't know where it is. Somebody put it away, you're not sure where it is. That's also a problem. You've got to know where your arev is, and if you don't, then you, sh- you have to stop cooking. Well, you uh, you can't do the shtick. Uh, you could, right? Well, you vashva However, there is hope. Let's say you catch Dolly in the act, and Dolly is our dog, by the way, in case you want to know. <laughs> but let's say you catch Dolly, and you can stop her before she consumes all the fish. If there is if there is something like you've heard of the Hasidic term, the Sharaim, comes from the same word, if there's the leftovers, mimenu, from that fish, even if it's what? Kol just a tiny piece. And I would say in this case, Bachi, what you asked before, like one noodle left from the dish. If there's something left uh, since you did your job on Thursday, true, you should have been more careful, but if there's something left, even koshu, the smallest amount, koshu, all that it might be, the smallest amount, so mechalov, that's good enough. You can now lean on it. It's only a little bit of fish left. I don't know how much, again, we have to know what the word koshu is. Is it is it like a speck, right? What is it like? Like, like how, how much is it? Um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I would say Bachi's asking. Uh, let's say you get hungry uh, on 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 Can you eat this? Uh, it is food. So I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, again. I, I, again the best thing of course is not to start eating it because you might just consume it all. <laughs> so there's probably a good, it's probably a good option not to start eating it, but if you can control yourself and leave some of it, I would say that's all right. Cause technically Bachi, you have to think about what, what are we doing? We're, we're essentially looking at one. This represents your meal. And, and therefore you now add to it. So even though you were munching on, beginning of the meal, uh, I would say that would be, again, I'd have to look it up. I would say it's probably, it's not a smart thing to do, because you might end up eating it all, and if you eat it all, you're in trouble. But I would say if you could control yourself, then you could probably take a a, a chomp out of it, and that might be okay. I'm not 100% sure on that. As I said, this is not a halacha class. Uh, This is a uh, how to learn the Talmud, in this case, the Mishnah. So we have about three minutes left, or three or five minutes left. So I, I want to uh, start the Gemara, because this is about fundamentals of the Talmud. So let's take a look. Here's a key Gemara word. I talking before about underlining the key Gemara word. So it's four letters, the way it's printed in the Standard Edition. And you can see what we call here the Shtrechel strachel of course is these two this 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 little uh, element here um, which shows you this is not a word but it's a, it's a it's it's an acronym for something else or a an abbreviation so what word is this what abbreviation is this Mannheim, manam right Mannheim, nice city in germany but what what is it really mino hanne very key Gemara word the Gemara says, where do you know this thing? Me, no, from where? Hani these, milay. these words that the Mishnah said, where do you know it from? Because the Mishnah is novel. The Mishnah has a, lo- a novel idea, right? It says that you're allowed to use this shtick to cook on Shabbos, cook on Yomteh for the sake of Shabbos. Where do you know that? That's such a, a novel thing. Where does it come from? So let's take a look. Omar Shmuel. Shmuel said, I know, I'll tell you where it comes from. The Amar Kra, Kra is not a person. Kra is another way of saying a pusuk, mikra, The thing that was meant to be read in public. The thing that people study by reading and calling out. That's the way you get expertise, is by reading and calling. So what does the Mikra say? What does the Torah say? Zachor, right? We know where this is from, right? This is from the Sarasadibros. Debrose. The, 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 Zachor et yom shabbat Remember Shabbat to make it holy. So what does that mean? Where does that have to do with Riv Tavshilin? So, we're going to make a Jrosha. Because how do you remember Shabbos? We know you make Kiddish, that's a it. Remembering it. But, but what does it mean, remembering? Remembering, the word zochor means to, to mention, doesn't it? But it also means remember. How, how are you remembering Shabbos? So, we're saying, you know what, when you could remember it? Zacharyu. Do something. Concrete that indicates you remembered Shabbos. You know why? Why do you have to remember it? Me'acher since, because after, meaning especially if Shabbat is, uh, you have Yom where you're eating and drinking and enjoying yourself, and you're forgetting that Shabbos is afterwards. Me'acher, Shabbos, Hashkicho. You might be in a situation where you would forget it. When would you forget it? You might forget Yom Tov, Shabbos, when you have a Yom Tov and all that goes along with it, all the visiting and all the happiness, you might forget. And therefore the Torah was writing, do something to make sure your Shabbos meals are taken care of. In a situation, when would you forget Shabbos? On a normal week, you wouldn't forget Shabbos. You're looking forward to Shabbos. You're waiting for that day off. When do you need to remember Shabbos? You need to remember Shabbos when you're in the danger of forgetting it, when Yom Tov precedes it, and you forget that Shabbos is on its way. And therefore, what might happen is you didn't, you didn't prepare enough, and there's nothing left over. So this is the charge of the Torah in the Ten Commandments. When Shabbos and Yom Tov come together, make sure Shabbos gets its due. And that would be the idea of of Tavshilan. So uh, we'll talk about it next time. Uh, is this a real source? It's a very cute drusha, right? It's a very cute drasha. Oh, I, I, that's what I was talking about. But is that the real source of of Tavshilan or not? So we'll talk about that.